Okay, well, welcome to Sports Spangled, the Star Spangled Sportscast. It's great to have you back for another week, cover a week that was in college football. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Paws and Buddies. For all your pet care needs, call Chris on 0416-324-569 or by emailing chris at p.buddy2021 at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a uh, special guest today, uh, Simon from the Australian College Football Fan Group on Facebook. Um, basically just looking to have a chat about the week that was and uh, the upcoming uh, games for next week. So, uh, Si, long time no see. Yeah, how you doing, Pat? Good, Thanks mate. Good. Uh, having you on the show. No problems, man. Thanks for uh, agreeing to be on here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been able to chop up college football with somebody over the airwaves. So I've been excited to get on here and um, talk some ball with you. Lovely, lovely. All right, so we'll kick it off today with the um, the Raging Cajuns game against uh, the Bobcats. So Louisiana got up in that one, 49-14. Curtis Rourke from Ohio went 12 from 22 with 122 yards and two touchdowns. And Levi Lewis uh, from Louisiana there went 21 from 29 with 212 yards, one touchdown and an interception. Your thoughts on this one, Si? Like, yeah, look, after Texas played Louisiana, I mean, Levi Lewis, you know, the guy's five foot nine. He can run around with the football. We know that they're well coached. Um, they're going to be a, a good program again this year, you know. And, and looking at what Texas did that game compared to what they did versus Arkansas and then Rice, I mean, Louisiana are definitely going to be a team that, you know, they were – you know, 10-win team last year. They can do that again um, this year. So, you know, no surprising score there. They're just going to keep going from strength to strength, the Cajuns. Yeah, pretty much like they're not in one of the strongest conferences in the league either. Like, again, I think they may just run through what opposition that they do have. Personally, myself, like pretty much, like you said, it went – Pretty much as expected with the um, the Raging Cajuns just really taking it to the Bobcats there. But, um, yeah, like Ohio just outgunned from start to finish. So the second game that we're uh, covering this week is the Louisville UCF. So those quote-unquote national champions have made a second appearance on the show. However, this time Louisville won 42-35 uh, with Dylan Gabriel going 22 from 29 with 184 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. And going up against Malik Cunningham going 23 from 28 with uh, 265, one touchdown, one interception. Again, this one actually surprised me a little bit. I thought um, Louisville would run absolutely right over UCF um, given that... UCF lately haven't been too strong. Um, but, yeah, UCF turned that one into into pretty much a dogfight. Yeah, I mean, UCF are, are an interesting program because, I mean, I was watching that game versus um, Boise State and both have really good offences. Obviously, Gus Malzahn there at, at UCF. And to see what happened, the craziness towards the end of that Louisville game, I mean, I didn't know what to think of Louisville, but to see that outcome there in that particular game, I'm not sure if we know more about now UCF as we do Louisville out of that game. But I think both, it's clear that both are going to put up a lot of points moving forward. It's just that the defenses might look a bit suspect, I think, moving forward. I'm not sure we, we gleaned as much as possible from either team. We know UCF is still going to be there um, in their conference right towards the end. And, uh, you know, Louisville and the ACC are going to be a, a, a middling to lower lower tier program in the ACC. But again, interesting to see the result in, in that one. Um, and yeah, I just I, I'm interested to see what UCF is going to keep doing moving forward, to be honest. Out of, out of those two teams, it's UCF I still got my eyes on. OK, well, you heard it there first. Uh, Simon's tipping UCF to actually do something this year. <laughs> um, all right. Now. Michigan State, Miami Hurricanes. What is going on with Miami? 
honestly. Like Michigan State beating them 38-17. Michigan State going into that game with a couple of wins already. Peyton Thorne went 18 from 41 with 261 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Derek King went 38 from 59, 388 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. To me, it's pretty disappointing seeing Miami get absolutely manhandled by Michigan State. Both defense and offense, to me, just really need to uh, start, start stepping it up and start playing for one another. Like these, like some of these teams that were once quote unquote big, big schools starting to fall a little bit by the wayside, like your Miamis, your Florida States. Yeah, look, Miami for me is a bogey team because, again, they had some of that, you know, preseason hype. You got De'Eric King, again, the transfer from Houston. This is his second year at Miami, if I'm not mistaken. And there was meant to be better things from the Hurricanes um, so far this season. But when I look at some of these stats that I've got, like, Cameron Harris, who's the leading rusher with doing four, um, four yards an average in the game. So 11 carries of 44. And then your second best rusher is to Eric King with a shocking 0.6 average yard per carry. That's not going to get it done. You know, no You've way. Charles Rambo, who is a transfer from Oklahoma, he's your leading receiver, 12, 12 targets, 156 yards, two touchdowns, 13 average. That's fantastic. But you're not going to win many games anywhere, whether it's the ACC or against anybody else in one of the other Power Five conferences, if you can't run the football. So Derek King can pass the ball, but 59 times, that guy should not be throwing the ball 59 times. He's throwing the ball 59 times because they have no run game. The only other person who got a, a, even a touch on the ball to, to rush the football was Mike Harley. Yeah. One carry, one yard. Yes. That's appalling. That's Miami pretty much in a nutshell. That's something that you you would expect out of I don't know peewee football, to be honest. 100%. Like someone someone starting out, like not guys that have been playing the game since they were what three four year old. Like I just, but again, Michigan State, they're now three and zero. Well, that's that's where I was going next because I had them down as one of my surprise teams so far this year. I've got two teams down here. Um, and both are from the Big Ten. But Michigan State's, for me, one of the highlights. Mel Tucker has done a wonderful job there in East Lansing. And when I look at some of the stats there against Miami, like in particular, when you've got Jaden Reed, um, two carries for 17 yards and 8.5 at a gash, and Kenny Walker's got 27 carries, which is the bell cow for 172 yards and 6.4, you know, it's clear that Miami, uh, the front seven are not getting it done. And Michigan State have clearly got some running backs that can get that football going. Um, so Michigan State, I'm keeping my eyes on. I really am. I, I think with they've got the third best offense in the Big Ten to date um, with 118 points they've put up so far. I can't remember the last time I actually said Michigan State is the third best offense. Only through three games, I granted. But I can't remember the last time I said that about the Spartans going into, into week four. So... I think Miami's a down team. I don't think they're they're as good as what they're hyped, and I think Michigan State could be a sleeper. All right. So, do you think Michigan State could be there in the top four, though? You mean top four in the Big Ten? The top four nationally, like they're three and zero at no. the moment. It's... No, they'll still finish. Public, the rate that they're going, looking at the rest of their schedule as well. I mean, they they they'll probably finish around a top twenty team. And I think that's great for them. Top twenty team for for Michigan State is a really good finish, but they're not they're not getting they're not getting a sniff in the playoff, regardless of how poor not poor sorry I shouldn't say poor. No matter how up and down Ohio State's looking, they know yeah. what the problems there are, but they're not a top four team. Yeah. All right, so that's going to lead into one of the games of the uh, weekend, uh, the Alabama-Florida game. Alabama just getting Ooh. up over uh, the Gators, 31-29. Oh, Jesus. Again, same old again from Alabama. Like They either win big or it's a tight one. Bryce Young from Alabama went 22 from 35 with 240 yards and uh, three touchdowns, while Emory Jones went 18 from 28 with 195 yards and one interception. Honestly, 
Florida just really needs to step it up. Like I'm just finding that some of these some of these uh, teams are just really, again, just not doing too much. Well, when I look at the Gators, I, to be honest, I, I had money down that line where Alabama, I thought, was going to really manhandle them a bit more. From the Florida Gators' perspective, it was in the swamp. That was a very hostile crowd. I was watching that game, and it was loud and proud in that stadium. And I think that gave Alabama a bit of fits because – Alabama really, really struggled once um, in, in the second half of the game. They only scored 10 points um, yeah. in the third and fourth quarter combined and nothing in nothing at all in the uh, the second quarter. They scored the majority of their points in the first, which was 21. And Florida kind of made the adjustments at halftime that you would expect a Dan Mullen-led team to make. And then going on to what they did towards the end, I think it showed – enough of Florida that we get an idea that they're going to be a, a good to above good program this year, got moving down to the SEC schedule, but they're not going to be on Georgia level. No. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be on Texas A&M level. Now, Texas A&M, we, we'll probably get to, but yeah, I, I look at Florida the same way I look at Texas A&M right now. Um, but I, Alabama's got defensive problems. That, that, that's a fact. Yes, they only scored 29 points against Alabama, but there are some serious deficiencies, especially at linebacker um, for Alabama, that concern me moving forward. I, I know the Saban will get that sort of stuff fixed, but I think Florida, to, for me, surprised me. I didn't yeah, think they, they did. Were they actually gashed Alabama on the ground. Malik Davis ran for um, 86 yards, 8.6 average. Well, that'll get it done. Naquan yeah. Wright for 8.3 as well. Two running backs in the eights, and that was the third string running back. Emory, jo- sorry, the second string running back. But Emory Jones, who's the quarterback, he still ran for 76 yards with four a clip and a touchdown. So Florida exposed some things in Alabama that I think other people are going to be going, okay, we need to look at that. We need to look at that film. And I know Nick Saban won't be happy with that sort of stuff. I can only imagine what the uh, meeting room was like the day <laughs> after that game. But um, look, again, Alabama, 31-29, they're getting off the cobwebs. It's only the third game um, in a hostile environment away. Great win for Alabama. And I just I expect them to keep rolling, but they do need to address the linebacker situation and maybe just some of what's happening up in that front, that front D-line. Okay. All right. So now on t- now speaking of Georgia. South Carolina Georgia. versus Georgia. I know one of my mates would be very, very happy with that win, a 40 to 13 win with uh, JT. JT Daniels going 23 from 30 yard, 31 with uh, 303 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Luke Doty went uh, 13 from 26 for 153 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Basically, Georgia just took the game from the from the start and then never let go. Um, to me, South Carolina never had a chance at all. Um, they were there to make up the numbers of the day. And uh, basically, I'm, I'm still going to pick Georgia to run the table up until the uh, SEC championship where they'll beat, where I think they'll beat Alabama this year in a close one. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that one in a, in a sec, just looking back at, you know, George Bulldogs with their offense, like 40 to 13. I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't even more than that. It's clear that South Carolina is going to be really struggling this year. Their, their, their quarterback is a GA assistant. Let's, let's be honest. That, that, yeah. that's, that's literally who they got a quarterback. So that's a concern. Um, but mainly on Georgia. I mean, you've got Stenson Bennett there and you've got JT Daniels. If JT Daniels can't stay healthy, we know that Stenson Bennett can can throw the football and get some things done. But it's it's JT Daniels for stats, you know, 23, 31, 33, three touchdowns and one interception. Look, that's fantastic. But make no mistake, the, the backbone of what Georgia is, it's a run-first mentality. They've got Kendall Milton and you've got Simeon White. They are your hogs up front and they're going to run that football into the ground to set up, to set up the pass and take the deep shots from JT Daniels. So... Look, Georgia's got a potent offense, but it's their defense is the one that will, will determine how far they go in the SEC. And as you're saying, I mean, you're, 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 are you saying, Pat, that you, you see them beating um, I Alabama? Them, I see them beating Alabama, basically through a run game. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can see Georgia doing that as well and making the college football playoff. Yeah. That's, I can see that too. It might be Georgia's year, finally. <laughs> to uh, actually do something. 
All right. Yeah, so, well could be. Yep. Now, uh, the other uh, game that was at the right time for us here in Australia, uh, Penn State v. Auburn. Penn State taking that one, 28-20. Bo Nix going 21 from 37 with 185 yards. Sean Clifford went 28 from 32, 280 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Again, one of those games that you sort of couldn't pick, but Penn State, wide out home game. They were really up for it. Like it's Again, don't ever under... Underwrite the Nitty Lions at all is what I'm saying this year. Like, yeah, look, that again, that's another game I had on at the same time as like other games. And, um, actually, it was the Texas game. I kept switching, switching back on the screen going, and you know, that crowd, the whiteout is one of the best things that you'll ever see in college football. I mean, it's one of those things that you want to see with you know, the Hokies with Enter Sandman and you know, South Carolina, um, you know, Darude Sandstorm and all that sort of stuff. And that crowd was absolutely bonkers and that's one of the many reasons why we love college football one of the main things that i gleaned from penn state not so much auburn i think i know what Auburn what auburn is in particular even in in year one under a brian harson leadership but the oc which is mike urisich you'll know him from the tech being the texas oc last year he's done things with sean clifford that play to his strengths and already i mean he missed four passes all game against a really good secondary in the yeah. Auburn Tigers, that's something else. That that is that's mechanics. That's trust in your OC. That's trust in your O line, and that's trust in your receivers to go it's up. It's also trust in the playbook yeah. too, just quietly. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Because Sean Clifford last year looked terrible. Like Penn oh. State was absolutely horrendous last year. But to, to see what they're doing this year on offense under Mike Yurisich is actually really fascinating. And again, I, I expected the Lions to be good this year and bounce back really quickly. I. I'm, I don't want to say that they're going to knock off a higher state, <laughs> but they're going to, I'm going to say right now, they're going to knock off a higher state this year. Pencil right. that in. All right. I'll hold you to that one. Yeah. Pencil it in. Yeah. Pencil we'll, it in. we'll pencil that one in. So you think a bold game for them at least? Penn State, the way that they're going, will end up a top 10 team. At the end of the season, at the end of the at season, the season yeah. they'll be a top ten, top ten team, and they'll if they end up that way, they'll be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Oh well, hey, again, we don't know how the season's going to go, but injuries and that can play down the track. Um, honestly, it's it's a, it is a crapshoot, but again, seeing what I've seen from that Penn State Auburn game. I, I would have to agree with you that they are a top 10 team this year. All right. And that led us into the 12 midday game here in Australia. So that was BYU, Arizona State. BYU, 3 0. Like, yeah. Jaden, like Jaden Daniels from Arizona. From Arizona State went 21 from 29, 265 yards, two interceptions. Jaron Hall, 15 from 27, 214 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Again, like BYU two weeks in a row, getting up against uh, decent opposition. Yeah, look, BYU is a fascinating one for me this year because they – Lose an all-time now great quarterback, right? He's now in the NFL. But then you, you think, oh, what, what, what's Sataki going to do, you know, this, this year with trying to essentially fill that void? And it's not so much, hey, we've got to put up a 1,000 points. It's like, okay, let's ground and pound the football. Let's have these long possessions that are going to wear out the defenses, get them frustrated, put them on the back heel, and control the time of the clock. And that's exactly what BYU are doing this year. And there's a reason why they're 3-0, and it's because they're grinding you into the ground. Now, ASU is a good is a good team this year. They won't be next year because of what they're <laughs> facing with the NCAA sanctions that are coming their way um, for recruiting violations. But, be, but they are a solid offensive team. And the fact that they could shut down someone like Jaden Daniels, who is a mobile quarterback, he's a dual-threat quarterback, yep. and the guy didn't even throw a touchdown through two interceptions and, like, was – quite limited really 
tells me that BYU is one of those teams, like they did to Utah, that is going to grind you down. It's never going to be high scoring. It's going to be in these 20-ish you know, point games that they're going to keep you into, that they're going to put up, they're going to hold you to. <coughs> excuse me. They're going to hold you to playing flawless offense because their their defense is going to is going to pound you. They got some big boys up front, and they're going to keep keep it honest. So, I'm really enjoying BYU. I hate BYU because of what they did to Texas back oh, in the past, and essentially ended As a Texas fan, they pretty much single handedly destroyed David Ash's career quarterback. But they are a fascinating and fun team to watch. And um, again, I, I expect BYU to be in the top 20 to the very end of the year. I think they're just going to keep doing well. They've got a tough schedule, but I think they're going to keep doing well throughout the year. Well, strength of schedule does play into those bowl games coming into December and the new year. Like it's, it'll, it'll be well, interesting to see who they match up against. Well, they got Boise State. That's a big one on the 9th of October. That is a big, big game for them. That's obviously what, like, you know, two two Titans of that sort of, um, not of the group of five. Well, they're in BYU's independent, yeah, but Boise State's in group of five. That'll be a really good clash. The other ones that I'm really interested to see what, how they look is a game on the 30th of October. So almost pretty much a Halloween game against Virginia. And then the other game on the 16th of October against Baylor. So I've got my eyes on yeah. those two with BYU. Yeah, so when it comes up, Big 12 against the independents, Big 12 teams haven't really had the edge on the uh, independents in the last couple of years, especially with uh, our beloved Longhorns. Like, oh, 100%. Like, Jesus. But speaking of the Longhorns getting up 40, what, what was the score in that one? That was just a blowout game against Rice. Uh, top, of my head, top of my head, I should know it. I'm pretty sure it's 58-0. Yeah. We don't need to say anything further about that one. Um, But Texas are going to come into a tough Texas Tech team this weekend. Oh, are they what? Um, Let's spend a little bit of time on a little bit of extra time on Texas, if you want to. Yeah, of course. Why not? Texas is the team where if you are the most mentally stable person and you watch this team, you'll be you'll be tearing your own teeth out because mentally by the end of the game, you don't know what you're going to get with the Texas Longhorns. And as someone who I've watched this team for way too long, I've been there to see three games in person. This team is maddening because we've had so much changeover in coach and as like whole, whole coaching styles, et cetera. We've got the talents. We've got top 10 talents still in that in that locker room right now, it just needs to be coached up and Sark's still trying to find his way through. Now, why am I saying this? We just won 58 nil. The point is it's against rice. So who cares? Right. Now, some people might be like, Oh yeah, but you got to take the positives out of everything. Of course I'm going to take the positives out of everything, but the game against Arkansas is more what this team is than what we saw against rice. And it's somewhere in between against Louisiana. And that's what scares me coming up against Texas tech this week. Now, the beauty is of Texas Tech coming up, <clears throat> one, it's at home, it's not at Lubbock, so we're not going to have Tortillas getting thrown at us. Yeah. The other thing is they've got the same deficiencies that the Texas Longhorns do. They're not good on the offensive line in passing downs, yep. and they also really struggle to stop the run. If I, and the thing with Texas is the exact same. We suck at pass blocking. We've got a 59.4 pass block PFF. Um, rating right now which is horrendous and our run defense is 44.4 season to date for texas that's not going to get it done now tcu is going to exploit that and ou is going to exploit that it can play into our favor for texas ted because we're more um even steven what scares me though is still that our secondary hasn't really been tested yet okay we haven't met some teams that have been throwing the ball arkansas ran the ball down our throats um, Louisiana had a bit of a blend of run and throw, but again, they're a run first mentality team and rice. Let's be honest. They were down to their third string quarterback and they couldn't move the football to save their lives. Yeah. So this test against Texas tech is going to be massive because Texas tech are going to throw the ball around so far. Their rating oh. overall for the season is 91.2, which is actually better than the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. This secondary is about to get tested. And on the flip side to that, I'll just say this last bit and I'll, and I'll let you, jump in and, and tell me your thoughts on the Texas Longhorns. 
our receivers, we haven't chunked the ball down a lot. I took some photos on PFF that I haven't got up in front of me right now, but Casey Thompson hasn't done a lot with the football throwing down the field. Within 10 yards, he's great. You get to 20 yards, there's a problem, but we've only got a very small entree size of how many times he's thrown at 20 plus yards. We don't know what we've got. So we're not going to beat these big 12 teams by running the football. We've got Bijan Robinson, who is a Heisman candidate. He will absolutely be there by the end of the year, I'm convinced. And we've got Keelan Robinson and Roshan Johnson as well in that running back room. And they balled out against Rice. And we're going to end up having a really great all-time running back room once all is said and done. But other teams know that. They're going to stack the block, stack the box and get Casey Thompson uncomfortable by throwing down the field. Because they, I bet, I bet your ass they're going to have a spy on yep. um, one linebacker on Casey Thompson yep. and one spy on Bijan Robinson. Yep. So we got to throw the football, and we need our wide receivers to emerge. Look, marching them downfield's all well and good, but I do I, I, again, like you said, throwing the short passes here and there. Yep, not a problem. Ten yards, maybe fifteen, but when you start needing to get into those 20, 25-yard throws. Like, we've got nothing on it. But I think if we actually run the ball against Texas Tech, we're in with a good shot. Now, that game's one of the, I think, one of the games of the week this week, at 2 a.m. on ABC in the U.S. So if you've got streaming services, we don't have any of the KO um information yet other than i think it's the friday game so that would be marshall appalachian state at 9 30 uh, sorry that right no uh marshall yes Marsh, marshall at state. on friday at appalachian state yep so other than that game we don't have any other sort of info on what they're showing on Foxtel here, but you can generally go either. The other game that they may have at 2 a.m. is the LSU Mississippi State, which is being shown live on ESPN in the U.S. Uh, again, at 2 a.m. That one, I'll take, I'll take LSU on that one. Bouncing back against uh, Mississippi State. Yeah, I'll take LSU too. Uh, look, I love Mike Leach and the, the Pirate in, in Mississippi State, but the air raid, look, people have people have, decided, have worked him out. Yeah, yeah, it was noticeable last year. LSU has one of the better secondaries, and they're still finding their way through. Don't get me wrong. After that loss at UCLA, LSU still find their way through. But again, look, they've got a good quarterback. They've got a really solid defense. They've got a great running back. Um, I, I Yeah, it's Starkville. I don't think it'll be that close to, in the end. Uh, I think they might LSU might beat them by 10 because I, I just don't think Mississippi State's any good. I really don't. Uh, no, I think they're uh, lost cause this year. Then going into the 5.30, the pick of the 5.30 games is going to be that Texas A&M-Arkansas game, like number seven against oh, number yeah. 16. Like That's going to be shown on CBS in the US. So, again, if you do have any sort of uh, streaming services, not that we can done that on this show. Um, (laughs) 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 So so says us. Um, Get on on to uh, CBS in the US if you can and um, have a look at the Texas A&M versus Arkansas game. Um, Texas A&M with an Australian, actually. One of the parents is actually on the um, college football fan site. The, oh, um, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, so um, I hate to say it, but I'm going to pick A&M on that one. I just don't like Arkansas, uh, especially <laughs> after what they did to us. Um, yes. Jeez, I know we deserved it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's tough. And and being being in Arlington, neutral side game, this this these two teams have some great history playing there. Yeah. Um again, I don't know what to think of Zach Calzada, the, the uh backup quarterback who's now in. Um 
I think I'm going to need some more time to watch him and what he can do. Thankfully, I mean, if you're an Aggies fan, you've got, um, you know, Isaiah Spiller that can like carry the ball. You've got a young, you know, you've got a dude in Amari Daniels who looks like an emerging running back who can play some. Demon Demas, the diva, who uh, is always heckling. <laughs> he's been in and out of that roster and he's had some problems. He was, he's been such a diva for them, but he's, he's finally starting to emerge. They need a big game from him. You've got a great uh, tight end, Jalen uh, Vertemeyer. Look, I like the Aggies now because of what the news is that I'm seeing coming out of Arkansas, where they've got two injuries, where they're going to be um, their questionable decisions along the O-line. Um, for yeah. Arkansas, so that's going to play a big factor. Two injuries happened in their in their last game, so I th- that kind of plays into the Aggies' hands. Before those injuries, I was picking Arkansas, but look, I think Aggies pull this one off again, and I, I think it's going to be by about three points. Uh, the point spread is uh, five point five yep. in the Aggies' favor. So, so take it on leave one it. score game. Yeah, one score game could be two field goals. I just think I think the Aggies, as much as it pains me, will pull it off. Three point field goal winner. Field goal winner. I'm going overtime win here in that one. I'll, I'll take a uh, field goal OT win for uh, Texas A&M. All right. And, uh, good luck to the Aussie that's uh, playing for A&M this season as well. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully he uh, has a great season, stays injury free as well. Um, all right. Now going from the five thirty game. Not much as far as the six and seven o'clock games. Nothing really till about nine o'clock in the morning. Um, West Virginia, Oklahoma, 9.30, ABC in the US. I think we might get that one here in Australia. But again, we don't know what KO is doing because it is Wednesday here at the time of recording. Um Look, I'm going to say this is this is going to be on an explicit anyway. So fuck OU. Um, I'm going to I'm going to take West Virginia by seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, look, I hate OU as the next person. Aggies OU. I don't know who I hate more. Probably the Aggies, but actually no, probably OU. Um, <laughs> but West Virginia is interesting. I, I like what they're doing so far. Again, they haven't really played. Any well, look that VT game. Besides VT, they haven't really played anyone. That VT game was really, really good against I think an above average VT team. West Virginia is going to be in Neil Brown, the, the head coach. It's going to be a very sound defensive team. They were last year. They're going to be again, and they already are again this year. Yeah. And I really like I really like their offense. They've got a solid veteran quarterback. They've got a um, they've got solid running back room, veteran running back lead, lead running back, and. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. That's all right. And West Virginia is getting Oklahoma at the, at the right time. Now it's in Norman. That's great, but it hasn't really helped them so far this year, has it? I mean, they oh. haven't really. Last week was the first week that they blew a team out. Before that, they've been struggling with teams. So these seesaw scores, and Spencer Rattler is not looking like a top five Heisman candidate. No, he doesn't think... look. He doesn't even look like he when he came out of high school. Like, no, he's been out of no, high school for like. The last two years when he was playing high school ball, we were all watching him on what QB1, wasn't it? It was the way we uh, yeah, QB1. Got him. Um, yeah, QB1. On Netflix there, and um, look, he looked like a gun. I don't yeah. know if that's just the editing or whatever, but geez, like <laughs> to me, yeah. he's, I think he's got his head up his rear end at the moment. Um, and he won't, he won't be there for, he's not a Heisman contender. Not, not now, not now, and that's why I like last year when Can- um, like in the years when Iowa State and Kansas State have gotten OU, it's this game. It so West Virginia is getting them at the right time now. Look, I would pick the Mountaineers if it was in Morgantown. So I'm going to preface this by saying I hate that I'm doing it. I'm going to still pick OU only because oh, it's in Norman. That yuck. crowd is going. I know, I, I know. I suck. Oh, I feel dirty possible. just hearing that. I know, I know. I'm doing myself dirty, and any Texas fans that hear this potty are going to be absolutely abusing me on my Twitter. Um, but I, I think they get. Look, OU will hold. will hold on to win this. It's going to be a close game, and I don't think it's going to be as big scoring as what people think because OU's defense is legit, and West Virginia has a legit defense too. So 
Um, I'll take Oklahoma, but I think I'll take them by five points. There's going to be some weird things happening. Someone's going to get a two-point um, conversion after uh, a, a touchdown or someone's going to get a safety. Something stupid's going to occur in this game. Um, but I think OU is just going to hold on by five points. All right. Okay, so we'll round out the weekend with the uh, with two 12-30 games, uh, one of them being number three Oregon Ducks up against Arizona. Um, Oregon's going to walk all over them in Eugene there. Um, home crowd, I'm just want, I'm just waiting for the uniforms. What are they going to pull out this week as far as the <laughs> uniforms? Jeez, <laughs> like, when you've got Nike on your side, like every week's a new uniform. Yeah, no, everything is flashy about Oregon. But the one thing they keep doing is they just, no matter what they do, they keep looking good on offense. Um, they've got obviously, you know, some injuries starting to pile up on defense, but their offense just keeps clocking. And I think Arizona is terrible this year. Honestly, I, they, I don't, they're not going to do much. Um, Oregon's riding a high. Yeah, they, you know, they had that huge win against Ohio State. They're going to keep that going into this one. They're 3-0. Um but look, I don't have much to say because Oregon right now is exactly what you would think from, in my opinion, a top oh, top six program, top six team, and I think they'll be right there towards the end of the year. They'll be another. They'll be another one to watch the rest of the season. They will. I think they'll be in the top ten, maybe fifteen. They'll definitely get a bowl game, some description. Again, it's just going to be who do they play. Well, that's it. All right. So the last game we're uh, going to have a look at is uh, Oregon State USC. Now that one's on Fox Sports One in the US. Uh, that's twelve thirty our time. So that'll be one of the last games of the day on Sunday. Um, USC playing at the uh, Coliseum there. Look against Oregon State. I'll call it a fourteen point ball game. That one. 14 points. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't think this is going to be close. Um, <clears throat> look, Keaton Slovis, there's a couple of things that people don't know. Keaton Slovis looks to be the starter again this one. Uh, Jackson Dart, who came in and played exceptionally well against Washington State, has picked up a knee injury. So um, this is one of those things where is the backup better than the starter? Because I truly believe already from what I saw of Jackson Dart, compared to what I've seen of Keaton Slovis throughout his career at USC, but in specifically before he was injured in the first quarter of that game um, for USC right now. The guy was balling. Dart yeah. went for 30 or 46 passing, 32 rushes, 32, I'm oh, sorry, yeah, 32 rushes in there as well. He threw four touchdowns and two interceptions. Now the two interceptions are the, go- are the growing pains that you'll yeah. have with like a younger backup quarterback. Yeah, exactly. But I like that dude, but he's out. So Keaton Slovis is going to be back in. Health, well, it, it appears that he's healthy. Well, healthier than Dart to start. Um, Dart to start. Look at that. Some tongue twisted. <laughs> um, and, and I think Keaton Slovis is going to have a chip on his shoulder. So he's going to want to bury Oregon um, State to make sure that, you know, he can make sure Dart's, you know, behind him still looking over his shoulder. So, yeah, USC will pound um, the Beavers. Yep. And it won't be close. All right. All right. So staying... Uh... Saying that, I do have some questions for you, mate, that I'm going to be asking every single uh, guest that does come on the show. First of all, best best place to watch football, whether it be pub, stadium, wherever. I mean, in the world? Are we here in Australia? Or what are we? Oh, man, in here in Australia, like best to what? Oh, man. See, that's tough for me. Well. We've had a, quite a few good venues We've had, the East. Yeah, look, we had a good shindig, uh, you know, before COVID, everything, 2019 year, uh, cheers, bar. So that was, that was awesome. Um, look, my preference, I, I've watched several games at the Surleys. Yep. Very much an American bar, has heaps of TVs. Great um, food. <coughs> great food, yeah. Oh. Great menu, shuffleboard table, stage down the back. Sometimes a place of country music. And it has the closest thing the closest vibe to an American bar that you'd see in the Texas or in the deep South. Exactly. Um, so it's a win-win. I feel like Surly's is my favorite to watch football, um, but I love cheers. And I also, 
love everywhere that we've also watched NFL together in the NFL group as well. So exactly, it's tough, but I would say Surleys and then Cheers. All right, um, who's in your top four as of this week? Or of, well, why put it as of this week? Who do you think will be there at the end of the season in the top four? <clears throat> well. Because of how Clemson looks, it, this is the thing. I don't, know, I don't know how quickly or concise I can say this. Because of how Clemson's looking, if they don't get it together soon on offense, yep. they could still sleepwalk through the rest of the schedule because they're playing nobody. And they could win, finish 11-1, right? Win the conference and stand up in the playoffs. And I, I think it's full goal because I don't think they're going to get it together on offense, not from what I've seen so far. We're three games in and we don't know anything more about this offense than we did before. Now, I love DJ um, Ua Angelale, but he, there's some serious growing pains for that dude right now. And I'm not sure what, what's going to happen with the rest of that offense. So for me, I think Ohio State's going to be there. Their defense will improve over time. Ohio State will be there. I'm still going to say Alabama is going to be there. Um, Georgia is going to make it. Because Alabama's not going to lose until they meet Georgia. Georgia's going to, going to beat Alabama, and both of those are going to be in. I think the Sooners are going to get beat up. I think the Big, Big 12 is going to cannibalize itself, and I don't think OU is going to make it, even though they absolutely should be. Um, and I think the other one that you got to look for right now is Oregon. Um, and if it's not going to be Oregon, it's, it's got to be USC. Because... And again, I know we just saw USC also two weeks ago lose to Stanford, but maybe firing Clay Helton was the best thing they could, they, you know, possibly did. And now this is the um, upwards and onwards from USC. I, I just think it's a two horse race there in the Pac-12. I, I think it's out of Oregon and, and, and USC of who's going to make the playoff because I don't think anyone else is going to challenge. It's clear that Utah is not the Utah of the last couple of years. Wazoo's, um, is good, but looking yeah. a bit down. Um, and oh, I just don't look, Arizona State's tripping over itself already. I mean, yeah, I just don't see anybody else other than USC or Oregon challenging for that fourth spot. So yeah. as of right now, the way I see it playing out, Alabama, in no specific order as well, just yeah. Alabama, Georgia, yeah. um, Ohio State, and I'll, I'll go with the Ducks. I'll go with Oregon as the fourth. All right, well, like I said, I'm thinking Georgia at one. It will come down to the SEC championship game. So it'll be them in Alabama in that game. Uh, the Ducks, yeah, I'll agree with you there on, at four. Oklahoma, no, won't be there. No Big 12 team will be there at the back end of the season. Um, oh, who's the other one? Maybe Clemson if they can pull something out. Like, but I, I don't know. I don't know. In that third spot, I just don't know. Yeah, that's what I was saying about Clemson because they could run the table and they're an easy cause at, you know, 11 and 1. Obviously, Lots of t- losing a tie. I mean, one play, to- I mean, they play the, you know, tie. I'm guessing it's going to, you know, they're going to be North Carolina playing the tie heels for the conference. I, I don't know. But, they could sleepwalk through the rest to end up at 11 and one and everyone's still might be like, Oh yeah, they're 11 and one, put them in. But it's like, for me, already what the committee is showing from this week with the AP, sorry, the AP rankings, they yeah. dropped Texas A&M. They dropped Clemson. They dropped Ohio exactly. state. You know, these teams won and they dropped them well out of the top four. So that tells me it's like, then maybe they're starting to think, okay, it's not just if you win, it's how you win. Yeah. And that's a good thing for college football. Yeah, so especially speaking of the AP top 25 here, uh, as of right now, Alabama at one, Georgia at two, Oregon three, Oklahoma four, Iowa, Hawkeyes five. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. That gave me names the other week. That's, that's, that's done, uh, some well, done really well for them. Penn State in six. Uh, Texas A&M in seven, Cincinnati in eight, nine, Clemson, Ohio State 10, Florida Gators 11, uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish in 12, Old Miss Rebels 13, Iowa State. So 
in 14. BYU 15. I think BYU, if they get a win, I think they should go up a couple of spots. Uh, Arkansas 16. Uh, Coastal Carolina 17. 18. Wisconsin. Uh, the Wolverines from Michigan 19. Followed by their uh, in state counterparts, Michigan State Spartans in 20. North Carolina, 21, Fresno State, 22, Auburn in 23, 24, UCLA, and 25, K-State. What stands out to you personally from that list, teams? Oh, as in one-loss teams or? Um, Honestly, I'm I'm not too happy that. There's a lot of one-loss teams that are ranked higher than three and zero. Some three and zero teams. I get that not everyone's played games within their conference at this point in time, but three and zero to me is better than a two and one record. Like, but the standouts, I would have to say the Hawkeyes at five, uh, the Penn State Ninny Lions at six. Coastal Carolina, I don't know too much about them, but they've, they're also a 3-0 team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a fascinating team last couple of years. Like, I don't know where they've come from, but like when you see, when you see on the ticker on a Sunday, like their score's coming up there. They may be one to watch too. Yeah, for, for me, it's... I think Iowa State needs to be dropped. Uh, um, yep. They should not be 14. They should be around 2025. 20, yep. um, BYU, 15, love it. I think Arkansas, again, they're there for a reason why 16 now, but I don't think they'll stay there. Um, I love Ole Miss. Matt Corral is putting up Heisman <laughs> quarterback numbers. I yep. love that dude. I love Lane Kiffin. Yep. That style of offense at Ole Miss is absolutely fantastic. So I think Ole Miss is actually going to be a bogey team for some SEC Ooh. teams this year. I like them. Uh, Florida, yeah, look, I'm fine with them at 11 because they played Alabama close. Um, as I said before, I was talking about dropping Clemson, Ohio State, um, you know, Texas A&M, and this is all while they've been winning. Look, I think that's good because it's saying that, hey, you might be winning, that's great, but just because, you, you know, um, you're Ohio State and Clemson, we're not going to keep you in the top six. We're going to drop you. Oh. Um I think the Wolverines are a bit of a surprise. I haven't really played anybody, but 3-0 is good. We talked about Michigan State. North Carolina tripped up to VT, but they've had back-to-back wins. 21 is about right. Look, I love Fresno State, 3-1. I think they're a team that in the Mountain West that should be getting talked about as much as, I guess, the Boise, the great Boise State teams in the past. Yeah. I think they're a very fun team to watch. Yep. Um, UCLA, look, I probably would have dropped UCLA. Um, Never but, been a big uh, fan of UCLA. Just quite honest, like. <sighs> I mean, Kip Kelly's got to get it going this year. I mean, he yeah. doesn't have a choice. He's got to get it going this year because, I mean, he might not see out his contract if he doesn't have at least an eight and four season. Like he, he's got yeah. to have an eight and four season. It's a it's a bowl game or bust for him at the end of the day. Like, and he needs to get a decent bowl game. Not, oh, let's just play. Blah, like. <laughs> Let's not play like an Appalachian State or something in a bowl game for the sake of playing them. Yeah, like the, the Cactus Bowl or some yeah, you know, the, the Cheeto the Cheetos Bowl or some damn yeah, thing. Like he, he's, he he needs he needs literally a, a, like he needs a New Year's Six bowl game. Yep. This, this year, and I yep. know some people are like, oh come on, Simon. Like what? Like I think they're that good. I like um, Thompson Robinson, the quarterback. I really like him. They've got a sturdy defense. And they've got some um, one of the better running backs in the entire um, country. I think he's a top five. Um, I think they can get there. But it comes back to, okay, well, how good at LSU? Because they beat yeah. LSU at home. If LSU turns out to be not good again, well, I guess that a bit of that shine from that win kind of got, kind rubs know, off. Kind of, it rubs off. It's not going to be there anymore. So Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have too many other issues. The one other thing I would say from this top 25, the I think the biggest impactful game this weekend is number 18, Wisconsin versus number 12, Notre Dame at Soldier Field in Chicago. 
has that game has huge ramifications for Wisconsin in the Big Ten and Notre Dame's um, return playoff aspirations. So honestly, I've, keep an eye on that one. Well, I think between you, mean offense post, that might be the uh, the ESPN game of the week as well because um, College Game Day is coming to you from Chicago this week, I believe. Oh, surely they are. I haven't seen where College Game Day is yet, but. I mean, they would have announced it after last week, but surely it's there. Yeah. Oh, look, that would be the. I think that's a nine thirty game, isn't it? That one that they. Oh, it'd be prime time, surely. Yeah, it'd be the prime time. Yeah. Sketchy. Yeah. What have we got? Uh, no, so it's two a.m. our time. Wow. So that's going to be straight off the bat after college game day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it's going to be a weird game because Jack Cohn was the quarterback for Wisconsin. He transferred to Notre Dame. So this is kind of a bit of a, you know, now <laughs> bit of a homecoming. Game. Yeah, he's a bit of a homecoming. He's going to want to kick the Badgers' ass. So I think this is going to be a really good game. Yeah, Low scoring, but good game. Exactly. All right. Well, that is uh, all we have time for this afternoon, unfortunately. So I could sit here all day and talk uh, football with you, but... Unfortunately, uh, time's up for uh, this week. Thanks very much for um, jumping in this week as a uh, special guest. Yeah, thanks um, so much for for having me, dude. Appreciate it. Not a problem. If you want to do it again next week, let me know and we'll do it again next week. Will do. All right, mate. Have a good one. Cheers. See ya.